time for the SBL shoot around, and we got the women's competition covered with Giants all-time great and two-time coach of the year, Randy McGill, joining Chris Pike for all the latest news, analysis, and interviews. Let's go on another SBL shoot around. Classic. Plenty to talk about. We've got plenty of players putting up their, their hands to win our Wandering Distillery Player of the Week award. I know that Jess Jenkins and Stacey Barr are certainly looking forward to using their awards that they've, they've received so far. So we'll announce another winner winner this week. But but really, it's time for us to take a back seat on this show, Randy, because we not only have two very special guests, but two more co-hosts for the show. They've been kind enough to join us in the studio. I'll let you introduce them in a minute, but this is a very, very special episode of SBL Shoot Around. I'm Chris Pike, your co-host, Randy Meagle. You're a little bit nervous with our two, our two guests to our, well, to my right. Hopefully, let's hope we don't embarrass ourselves. <laughs> Thank you very much, Chris. Good introduction. Yeah, um, yeah, we're very lucky to have Vince Kelly and Desiree Kelly in the studio with us tonight. And yeah, we'll throw some questions at them, and uh, hopefully, we can just have a good conversation about basketball, but also their daily lives, and yeah, and also discuss what's going on in the West Coast Classic this week with yeah. some uh, big games. Absolutely. So very honoured by our by our co-hosts for this week. I'll start with with Desiree Kelly, the Wollaton Tigers captain, Wollaton Tigers championship winning winning star. Thanks very much for joining us. What's it like? Coming in, coming in with your dad. Um, yeah, it's very special. I mean, when you asked us at first, it was just myself, and then when you asked my dad to come along, I definitely jumped at the opportunity um, for him to join me. I feel like we don't often get to do things like this with one another, but yeah, it's pretty special. Thank you. Now, Vince, your resume, if I started to go through it, we'd be here all night, but your three seasons in the NBL were were amazing. You had an amazing amazing college career at Colorado. Your high school career at, at Inglewood was incredible. And then what you did in the SBL for, for 351 games, largely at the Wandering Wolves, where you were the, the, the player coach of the championship in 1993, MVP winner 1992. Like I said, if I keep going, we'll be here all night. But Vince, it's a great honor to have you, have you with us. Thanks very much for joining us. Well, thanks for inviting me. Uh, my daughter, she sent me a text and asked me would I come to the broadcast. And yeah, I think it's uh, exciting to watch her play and to be here and talk about basketball and about the SBL season. And like I asked Des, what's it like coming in with, with your daughter? Oh, she's a champion. She's uh, always have been a champion. And anything I can do to help her with her basketball, I'm there for her. Now, Randy, before we get into a bit more about what we saw in the, in the West Coast Classic this week. Um, you played a lot of your career up against teams Coach Blade and coached by Vince Kelly. You were, you were a point guard. I'm sure you tried to not get stuck guarding him too often, but what was Vince like to play against? Oh, he was um, always played fair. You know, Vince it was on the floor and, um, you know, I didn't get the opportunity to guard him too often. I didn't, probably didn't really want to guard Vince, to be honest, but uh, just an accumulator of points. You know, you think you've done a good job on him and then you have a look at the end of the game and, you know, he's got 35 points and 14 rebounds or whatever it may be and just went about his business, you know. And, uh, you know, Vince is always uh, a guy that will talk to you away from the basketball court. You know, if you see him, he'll acknowledge you and uh, just a fantastic bloke. And then your five years coaching Mandra, you coached against Wills and teams that Des was a, a big part of and you had a great rivalry with that Wills and team for a while there as well. How much of a focus was trying to keep her quiet? Probably, 
Yeah, in the early um, couple of years, uh, Willerton definitely had it had it all over us. I think we might have evened it up a little bit later on. But uh, with Des, once she's got hot, you just had to make sure that uh, you know you just wore her like a glove because she uh, can really uh, knock down some points really quickly. Good defender and a good rebounder. So yeah, she was always a, a focus when we were scouting Tigers. Now, before we get into what we're going to be discussing this week, Randy, let's have a quick look back to, to last week. Now that we've had some time to digest our discussion with Tully Bevelacqua, it was a it was a hell of an honour to have her join us. And listening back to the show, she just she had so many great stories to tell about basketball and and her life. Did anything really stand out to you now that you've had a week to reflect? Yeah, just the response that we got from um, people listening was fantastic. You know, I got a few phone calls and stuff like that regarding Tully, but a couple of things. The you know she played until she was 41 years of age. You know, in the in the WNBA, which is an amazing feat. And uh, she mentioned that she'd been to 55 countries for her basketball career. So you know that's that's unbelievable. What age did you play until? Uh, I would have been about 30, 38, 39. Okay. What about you, Randy? Uh, not that old. Probably about 32. Yeah, I, I was I was burnt out. I just wasn't enjoying the game. So you always play basketball for the enjoyment, and uh, I'd, I'd had enough. You're 25 at the moment, Dad. I am. Now, how long do you imagine keeping on going for? Look, I'd like to... Do you like coaching? <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to, well, obviously, that would, that would be nice. Um, oh, I reckon I've still got a few more years in me. A few more, I would think. Yeah. Ben, what do you think, Vince? Well, you don't really reach your prime as a player until you're 25, so she's prime time. <laughs> Let's get right to that now, because we were going to bring it up later. Would you like to coach again in the, in the SBL, Vince? And if you were to coach again... Would you like that to be a team that your daughter's playing for? Well, I've coached her at under eighteens at Woolerton, and I would love to uh, have an opportunity to coach her at the SBO level because no one knows what Desi can do but her dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are your thoughts on that, Des? It's a bit hard to say. You wouldn't like to play under your dad while he's sitting right next to you, but I'm sure you enjoy playing under Simon Parker, so this isn't trying to get Simon Parker out of a job. But would you, at some point... During your career, would you like to play at SBL level under your dad? Oh, look, I think I'd be silly not to. I mean, my dad had an amazing career in SBL and obviously overseas in America, Portugal. Um, so I think for me to be able to see him instill his knowledge on other players, not only myself, I think would be a huge benefit to the SBL community as a whole. Um, <laughs> I don't think if I was to be coached by my dad, I don't think it would be at Willerton. You know, that Simon Park is home. You know? <laughs> it is, it is. He's been there for ages. I wouldn't ever expect Simon. I wouldn't foresee Simon leaving anytime soon. So if I was to come to that crossroads, look, it would be a pretty difficult one. Um, but yeah, it would just depend on where dad was coaching if he did get a gig somewhere. Just hopefully it's not too final because that's going to be on a Tuesday night and we'd throw up the petrol. But um, yeah, look, it's definitely, I haven't ruled it out. We'll talk more about your basketball life later, Vince, but is there a reason you haven't been coaching at SBL level for a while? And is, is it something that still does burn inside you to, to get back there? Uh, well, I got two young boys, so my time is pretty much taken up looking after them and mm-hmm. coaching his team. And then I'll coach the youngest one team when he starts playing. Mm. So follow the pursuit as I did with Desi when she was young, coaching her. So it's just so much time in a day. So, and SBL. 
as coach is a full time commitment pretty much if you're gonna do it right. Yeah. You're gonna win. Just reflecting on the days that I did coach you gotta get the preseason right, you gotta get the season right, you gotta keep changing things that you think thought was gonna work that don't work. So basketball is in your head pretty much twenty four seven and you don't really have a time to rest. And if you're gonna do it right, you need to make those adjustments to make the players make them better. Yep. That's what you're there for. You're there to make them better. So if you feel that they're struggling in a certain area, it's your job to figure out why and to figure out a solution to that problem if you want to win. Do you recommend coaching your daughter at SBL level, Randy? Well, like we said on the on the previous show, it's it's fantastic to do it. You know, you get, particularly with the bond that you've got. You know, and um, I, I didn't have any problems whatsoever. Mm. And uh, you know, sometimes you probably are a little bit you know harder on them in in a way. Yep. Mm. Now, let's have a look at round three of the West Coast Classic from the weekend. Before we get to all of the results, let's have a look at the candidates, Randy, for our Wandering Distillery Player of the Week. And, and Vincent, Des, you can help us choose our winner winner for, for, the, for this week. So if one of those players is one of your, one of your friends, maybe you, can, <laughs> maybe you can help them out. <laughs> so, so, Randy, I'll run through them, and then you can give me your thoughts. Now, actually, Des, you saw Nat Burden firsthand on Friday night over her two games on the weekend against two very small teams, admittedly from Willerton and then Mandra. She had 11 points, 12 rebounds on Friday and then 24 points 8 rebounds 4 assists on Saturday night Brooke Malone someone that's taken your fancy already Randy when you saw her play that first game down in Mandurah just turned 17 years of age and she had 23 points 6 rebounds and hit 4 threes for the Perth Redback Kayla Steindl she had 2 pretty solid games 13 points first up against Kalamunda and then she backed up with 12 points 8 rebounds and 3 assists against Coburn Bree Fisher tough night on Friday for her whole team at East Perth against the Redbacks she had 4 points for assists, three re- rebounds, but they then got a win on Saturday night against the Southwest Slammers, and she put up 30 points, four rebounds, three steals, and she hit seven of 14 from three-point range. So probably not listening to her mum and getting down on the on the block too much. But no. and then lastly, Ash Eisenbarger, she's been on this list for all three weeks so far. 17 points and eight rebounds for the Lakeside Lightning. Before you give me your thoughts on those, did I miss anyone? No, just a shout out to Ash Eisenberger. She'd have to be the most consistent player in the in mm-hmm. this tournament so far. She's having uh, good figures there with both points and rebounds. Just uh, another young girl, Mia Jacobs. I noticed she had 15 points in 13 minutes in the mm. win over the Cougars. You know, the, the Lightning have just got a really good balance at the moment and, and remain undefeated. Mm. So those other girls that you mentioned, yeah, Brooke Malone, she caught my eye when she was down at Mandurah the other week. She's a talented young player. So I actually think it's between Nat Burton and Bree Fisher myself. What do you think, Des? Who jumped out at you from that list? I'm going to have to go with Ash. Okay. Yeah, very consistent player. Yeah, she is. Yeah, I saw her game against you guys in in round one, and she she just has picked up where she where she left off. Yeah, yeah, she has. Anyone jump out at you, Vince? You did see that burden on Friday night, were you? Did you like what you saw? I only come and watch my daughter. <laughs> I don't take much notice to anyone else out there. No, that's that's fair. Um. Well, Randy, because you always like me to pick first, just because East Perth got the win on the board, I would have to say it's a Kerry high for Brie Fisher to go 30 points. Um, and because we had her mum on the show two weeks ago. Yep. And so her mum doesn't have to buy her alcohol for, for this week. No. I'm going to go Brie Fisher. What do you think? Yeah, I, th- I think you've got to give it to Brie. I mean, it's her first win and like 7 of 14 from the three-point line is good shooting. I mean, she she is a good shooter. Um, and she's got the victory. So, yeah, I, I agree. The wandering distillery player of the week is Brie Fisher. Unless we got overruled by, by Des because we've got, a, we've got a vote of four tonight. 
tonight, not just two. Yeah, well, Ash, Ash has been incredible. Like, um, just to, uh, what she's doing each week is, is really, really good, you know, and we can't keep overlooking her. So, Ash, she, keep, she, keep she, going she, the way you are. And she's going to have to win it. Going your way. She has to win it one week. She, she, she has yeah, to. Yeah, absolutely. But thanks to Wandering Distillery, we'll go with Bree Fisher, and it's your turn now, Randy, to tell us a bit more about Wandering Distillery. Yeah, well, um, I think uh, Wandering Distillery, you know, you should get down there. They do tastings. Um, you know, be a good way to spend the weekend. Go down, spend the time down there. If you uh, want to go down there, contact Wade on 0439. 131236 or visit the website on wanderingdistillery.com.au and book yourself in a tasting. And of course Brie will win a voucher to the shoe bar as well. She might bump into Jess Jenkins and Stacey Barr down there. Have you been there, Des? No, I haven't. Well, you will when you, when you get a voucher. So I'm sure you'll get you'll get Player of the Week award award one of these weeks. Now you got so many awards during your career, Vince. Before we go to this first break, what's what's the one award during your career that you're most proud of? Uh, winning the 1993 SBL Championship my first year as player coach. It's not bad. It's hard to beat. Yeah, you're wrong. No, okay. That's the first segment down. When we come back, we'll go through all the results from round three in the West Coast Classic. Okay, back here on SBL Shoot Around and, and Randy, we're, we're so so blessed to be joined by Vince and Desiree Kelly. And as we go through the results from last weekend in the West Coast Classic, they can they can chime in with their views of the results as well. And we'll start on Friday night at Williton Basketball Stadium. The Prairie Lakes Hawks beat the Williton Tigers. I don't know how much they'll have to say about it, but a win for the Hawks, 61-43. to yeah, just a couple of um, points I took out of this game, skimming through the um, stats. The Tigers only scored 16 points in the second half. They were only, I think, six or seven down at half time. So, um, yeah, what happened there, Des? <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a really good question, actually. Um, no, we came out of halftime, you know, we had a good halftime chat with everyone and we were all on the same page and ready to go. You know, we weren't down by that much, so it wasn't like a unachievable goal to come back. Um, but I think towards the end, we just, we couldn't hit shots and it was really hard and we didn't have people crashing the board. So, I mean, when you're shooting up shots and you're not getting any rebounds, it's hard to even get a good chance at the point. So, I just think, yeah, we just fell short in that area and then obviously everyone knows Prairie Lakes have really decent bigs, so it was hard to contain them towards the end of the night and, yeah, they just outgassed us, really. Yeah, Yeah, I noticed um, their more senior players in Martin, Burton, Donovan combined for 40 points and, you know, had a good spread of rebounds and, and, and that, so that would have been tough for you. Yeah, yeah, it definitely was tough. But I mean, we're a young squad and we're learning each week, so we can only take the positives from it. Um, you know, every loss, every win is a gain in some ways. You just have to look at that and keep moving forward, and we're ready for next week. You were there, Vince, watching. What did you make of the game? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I was there watching. Uh, Paralyze is a big side. They work the ball around the perimeter and they get the ball inside. They're very patient on offense. Uh, they pushed the ball up the court opposed to dribbling it up the court mm. and and unfortunately Willerton just couldn't hit a basket and had a few trips up and down the court without scoring and the other team scoring and the margin gets larger and larger then you become desperate and then the shots become more erratic and from all over the place that the offense doesn't design it to come from. Um, 
I'm getting the sense you are a very frustrated basketball watcher. Do you find it tough to sit there, <laughs> sit there and watch games where you can't have any sort of influence over? There has been a few frustrating games, and there's been some games when I can see that the girls are out there having fun mm-hmm. and playing more on instincts than on structure. Sometimes mm-hmm. to let them play on their natural ability and instincts, as long as they can defend, then offense should be more instinctive with a little bit of set rules and plays for the ball to be in certain players' hands at certain times of the game. Mm. Now, the next up on Friday night as well, at, at Belmont Oasis, I was at this game, Perth Redbacks. Just, just too much, too much experience, too much quality really for the East Perth Eagles. They won 81 to 48. They got off to, I think it was 20 to 3 at quarter time. So the game was, was over. And that was after Aaron Fisher scored the first basket of the game. So the Redbacks took over pretty early. And as we said, you know, Brooke Malone stepped up big. But when you've got the experience like Jess Jenkins and Matty Allen and, and Danielle Lipscomb, there, they make the difference because East Perth just don't have that quality outside of, I guess, the, the two Fisher girls. Yeah, and they've also also gone two or twenty two for nine percent from the three point mm. line, which is just feeding um, the Redbacks transition. Absolutely, but as we'll get to, the East Perth Eagles did manage to bounce back. Now, this game we thought was going to be a close one. Two undefeated teams up at up at HBF Arena, but it wasn't to be. Joondalup Wolves eighty seven over Calamunda Eastern Suns fifty five. Yeah. Um, the depth of the Wolves is incredible. Every one of their girls scored uh, during that game. And uh, just on the defensive side of uh, things there, they um, only allowed Jill Williams nine shots. Yep. So that would have never happened in your day, Vince. Well, that's my old club. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm a bit biased, but I do think that they're the best SBO club around. They take their basketball very serious, as you can see. And... Uh, and yeah, breeze through all the players and the coaches, and it's a good basketball community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we um, spoke with Amber Land a couple of weeks ago and asked her the difference between the Senators and the Wolves clubs, and that's one thing that she mentioned. The professionalism, more than anything. Professionalism, yeah. they're there to win. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Have you seen either of these teams? You did see Calamunda. Were you surprised that they got blown out by 32, Des? Um, look, it's. I mean, <laughs> the Wolves are so deep. Yeah. Like, you have to guard everyone. Mm. I think when you do a pre-game chat, there's probably, if they've got 10 players suiting up, at least nine of them are going to be on your board. And, yeah. You know, what they're good at, what their weaknesses are. Um, when a team runs that deep, it's going to be hard for anyone to stop them. Um, and especially when we're going into a league where we don't have the ability to have imports, you yep. know? So yep. Relying on local talent, um, I feel like they've got a lot of the local talent. So. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> so, I mean, they've yeah. done well there, but yeah, yeah, I mean, they're undeniably a great team, so they're going to be hard for anyone to come up against, really. Well, we can't deny that what they are putting out is an SBL quality squad, and what most of the other clubs are putting out. It's not an SBL quality squad. Um, so really, they do, does it, be about it much. <laughs> They probably should be. Um, how challenging does it then make it when you do come up against them, though? Um, I like a challenge. I'm a very competitive person. Mm-hmm. So for me, I don't look at it as a negative, like, oh, we have one already this week. I'm mm-hmm. like, no, it's a point to prove, you know, and you sure. go out there and you play your hardest, you play your heart out, even if it's not the result you want, as long as, for me personally, if I can walk off that court knowing I gave it everything, then... Mm-hmm. I'll be pretty happy with myself. At the end of the day, it is a team game and one person can't win. So, yeah, I mean, they're very lucky that they've got probably five people on the court at one time that can 
score ten to fifteen points they don't, at any yeah. given moment. So yeah, it's always going to be a challenge. But no, I'm looking forward to to playing them in the upcoming weeks. That'll mm-hmm. be good. Always well, good to play Dad's old club because I know he's deep down probably going to watch that last time. <laughs> well, uh, I remember being there for the the very last game at the old junior basketball stadium. You came out to Santa Court and gave a speech and talked about how much it meant to you. The club obviously did and still does mean a lot to you. Uh, got a lot of great memories there. Met a lot of great people there and that I still keep in contact with. And it's always a pleasure to go down there and watch them play and see the growth from the old stadium to the HBF Arena, yeah. which is, you know, to me, one of the best arenas in NWA. Uh, yeah, so I love it there and love my years there. A lot of great memories and uh, some great basketball. Well, we were, I was going to bring up the new stadiums later on. We can bring it up now. Which new building do you like better, the new HBF Arena or the Williton Basketball Stadium that's been redeveloped? Or the Mandra Magic study. <laughs> <laughs> it's played for Mandra as well. He did. But Willison Stadium is incredible. It's, it's got, what, eight courts there, and it's spread out, and it's designed very well, and I think it's it's given the young kids an opportunity to play in an awesome stadium with uh, a great committee running it. Uh, and Junilov, even though I haven't spent a lot of time down there, but I know that the players have access to a weight room, the pool, yep. and all that stuff. So I don't think Willerton have those things to offer. No. But as far as just the basketball facility, I think it's on par. But as a player, when you can train and then go do weights and then go sit in a spa in the facility, <laughs> then there's no reason why you can't be at the top of your game. Absolutely. Now on to Saturday, Randy. East Perth Eagles, they got their first win on the board. We've talked about Bree Fisher's game as well, but Cameron Flynn was one player who, before the season started, I pointed out she might be one player that can take the next step, and she had a good game as well. They were too good for the Southwest Slammers, 90-51. to 51. Yeah, well, I tipped the Southwest Slammers on the presumption that maybe Bayless and Fielding come up the road, that the girls must have stayed home. Um, I suggested they don't like Saturday nights because yeah. of a footy on Saturday, I think. Yeah, so it tipped the favour into East Perth. East Perth probably had their strongest lineup for the season as well. Um, Rosa Rang, they had her in there. She had mm-hmm. 11 boards in 20 minutes. Obviously, Bree had a Bree Fisher had a really good night out. Um, and even, you know, the Slammers are, are young and, uh, you know, are still developing. They've, they've just got to keep their turnovers in check. You know, they had another 32 turnovers for the game, so. Then, well, this one we thought was going to be the game of the round as well, and another blowout in favour of the Junior Light Wolves. At Warwick Stadium, they beat the Warwick Senators 72-50. to 50. Yeah, well, I, I tipped the Senators. I thought um, we sort of predicted this might be the grand final or potentially the grand final um, but they kept Stacey Barter 4 of 19 shooting mm. um, and also last week's standout She might have spent play. too much time with the shoe bar Yeah, yeah. obviously yeah. <laughs> Well you know Stacey's going to keep firing them up yep. as well So um, and also last week's standout player Jada Clark, she was 1 of 10 yeah. so they probably zoomed in on her um, Wolves had another great spread. Amber Land had a double double, and uh, they also had 22 offensive rebounds, which mm-hmm. uh, wow. which which hurt. Yeah. You surprised by the margin in that game, Des? Um, I don't know really. I mean, it's 
again, it's one of those. So, mm. <laughs> you know, as well as their offensive threat, they can all defend the ball. Um, and I think, I mean, to be honest, I haven't really seen Sterling line up. Obviously, you know, he's safety bar. Yep. Um, but if you really hone in on those couple of players, it can be hard for other players mm. firing when mm. you know the team might depend on that one person scoring twenty or twenty-five yeah. points. Um, so I guess you take that out of the mix, and it can be hard for then other players to fire up and kind of get into that second mm. gear to take off the load from mm. days if she's getting hounded on the yeah. again. So I mean, Wanderer obviously played their their cards right and had. You know, they're scouting on point and, yeah, came up with a good win. She's an ov- obviously an ex-teammate of yours as well, so you would have seen her play, Vince. I, I imagine if there's one player you like in the women's competition, Stacey Barr would have to be right up there. Oh, for sure. She can do it all. She's a great point guard. Uh, she can shoot pretty much from anywhere on yep. the court. And her ball handling skills uh, get her open to create one-on-one moves. So... Yeah, she's by far one of the best guys in the league. Yeah, absolutely. Now, down at Wally Hagen Stadium, Randy, Lakeside Lightning. I don't know if they've lost yet, have they? No, they're still undefeated. They beat the Coburn Cougars 76-48. to Yeah, it's, um, yeah, they Lightning just continue to roll on um, on the back of Ash Eisenberger's good form. Um, she had some good support there from Kira Daniels, who had 14 points um, and 10 rebounds. And I spoke about Mia Jacobs' mm. output, 15 points in 13 minutes. And also, you know, we spoke about Jodie Sonte from the Cougars. You know, yeah. she just battles hard each week. She had a double-double in a losing team with 10 points and 12 rebounds. Yeah, absolutely. She continues to just be the hardest, like I said last week, the hardest working player on any court that she's on. She's mm. just remarkable and she's been doing it for over 350 games now. Um, last game, now I saw this one. It was pretty tight, as you'd expect, between these two teams, but in the end, similar to Friday night, it was the size of Perry Lakes that made the difference. They they held off the Mandurah Magic 58-53. to 53. Yeah, Nat Burton's the difference in this game with 24 points. She's at 75% as well. Um, she was well supported by uh, Ren Mika, who had 10 points and 10 rebounds. So, And good to see Rachelene mm-hmm. um, have a good game. We spoke to her on this show, and obviously she opted out of a knee reconstruction and, and done it in a different way. Did uh, she ever shoot that well when you were coaching her? Uh, she can have games <laughs> like that. I remember the grand final when we did play Perry Lakes, the first nine points of the game were That's right. three three-pointers from Rachel. Maybe it's something to do with that stadium. <coughs> But um, really good to see Rachel, you know, up and and playing well and helping Mm. the young girls from Mandra. Now, can you just, anyone that might have been at that game, can you just allay any fears? Is your daughter Casey okay? She took a very nasty fall very late in the game. She's fine. I just said, um, she actually sent me a clip through Mm -hmm. Sunday morning of the the fall. And yeah, she was a little bit bruised and um, whatever, but she loves that sort of stuff. (laughs) So uh, she gets her money's worth. (laughs) Okay. Now the standings after three three weeks. So just remember that it's only the top four that go through to the final. So I've got the June Light Wolves 4-0, Rockingham Flames 2-0, Lakeside Lightning 3-0, and then the Warwick Senators 2-1. So that's the top four. Then we've got the Calamander Eastern Suns, Two and one, Perth Redbacks three and two, Perry Lakes Hawks three and two, Mandra Magic two and three, Wilden Tigers one and three, East Perth Eagles one and three, Coburn Cougars zero and four, Southwest Slammers zero and four. Are you gonna climb that ladder, Des? <laughs> yeah, I'd be silly to say not. <laughs> 
I think just in the condensed season, you'll you'll want to get a wriggle on there because um, just with that top four, you probably wouldn't want to drop too many more. But you've yeah. you've probably played a few of those better sides. Um, I've already played Lakeside. Already played Kalamunda. So you played two of the top five. Yeah. Where's Perry Lakes on there? Perry Lakes are middle mid table three and two. They've had a couple of close losses. Yeah. Be interesting few weeks that point. Mm. Oh. So what do you play? You play eleven games. How many games do you reckon it'll take to get in? Seven or eight? Oh. Yeah, yeah, I think so. You probably wouldn't want to get to four losses because then you'd be sort of sitting you right on. Yeah. Third, fourth, fifth, sixth. Because ideally we wouldn't want to lose any more. <laughs> we are now. Yeah. yeah. Um, get a few wins on the board, hopefully. Are we all of the opinion that the Wolves are the team to beat? Is that is that pretty fair to say? Yeah. yeah I mean, far. they should win this. Like, to be honest. Yeah. If they don't, I don't know what you're doing down there. Um, <laughs> this is, I think, definitely their time right now. This, this is a this is a really interesting argument to have, and it might be difficult for you to comment on, Des, but. Winning in the West Coast Classic, I'm not sure if that should be the the number one goal. I I, must, I really like the teams that are going the development route and giving players that would never be playing in an SBL season a chance to now play and develop a whole lot quicker than they would have otherwise and now all of a sudden be ready to play next season when they would have never developed this quickly otherwise. Yeah. I'm not sure winning the West Coast Classic means a hell of a lot, but the teams that are developing players, they might be a lot better because of it next year. It's, a, it's an interesting juggling act. I mean, Williston definitely went down the route of de- developing our younger players, and I was one that was all for it. I mean, no one wants to go out onto the court and say, we're okay with Williston. No. That's not what we're doing, but we are trying to help our future of the club. I mean, you know, I'm not old by any means, but like myself, Emma, Taryn, like we are on the other side of 25. Um, you know, and I think it is so important to instill that confidence in our younger players that they... Cause they're more than capable. Mm. It's just all about confidence and getting the actual game time, you know. Like, I never, we never had that this opportunity. Yeah. So, I think it is so good that as a club, yeah, it's going to get hard if you don't win games. Mm. It's obviously, you know, an uphill battle every time stepping out there and being like, what's tonight going to bring? But I think for the long run, it's definitely a way more beneficial route to go down than, I mean, I'm not going to take anything away from the West Coast Classic, but. It's not an SBL thing. It's not. And, it's not. Uh, and I don't think anyone's going to be hanging the West Coast Classic banner from their rafters, are they, if they win it? I don't know. <laughs> I'm really not. Sure they will. <laughs> <laughs> Let's face it, we all play sports and win. Sure. Uh, developing is good as well. But you got to make sure during that development that you see some progression. Yep. Players are getting developed. Players are getting better. And then, then you can say, okay. Yep. But if players leave this... Uh, season without anyone getting better, confidence isn't growing. Let's face it, losing diminishes your confidence. Yeah. So, but if they're getting better, better at posting up, better at dribbling, getting better at shooting, being smarter on the court, then it's all worthwhile. But if they leave this short season and no one's gotten better, no one's gotten smarter, no one's gotten fitter, mm-hmm. then you're behind the eight ball. Absolutely. Using Wilson as an example, for an SBL season, you might have recruited 
one or two import bigs and then all of a sudden someone like Imogen Ailiff is playing as your third big. But now in this West Coast Classic, she's playing as your number one big and she's every night she's going to be going up against someone like Nat Burton, Matty Allen, um, you know, Amber Land, all of these. Yeah experienced bigs across the league and that's going to make her develop a lot quicker than she would have if she was playing five or ten minutes ago. Yeah, 100%. And, I mean, we did have one of our imports here, Paige, and she was, you know, came in about 6'4". So that, yep. was, <laughs> that was nice, you know. She had yep. a jump shot. It was yep. all looking good for us. Um, then, obviously, you know, COVID happened and no one can control that. So she got sent home. But Imogen actually wasn't going to play um, this year at all. So for us, like, it's a... Great advantage to have her back. She's one hell of a player and she's going to just keep on growing into being a force to be reckoned with in the SBL, definitely. So, mm. yeah, we're very happy that she came back to Williston. I'm sure after this season there's a lot of clubs that would have yeah. liked to have gotten their hands on Imi. But, yeah, no, nah, very grateful to be able to play with her on the court. Yeah, she's a great actor. Well, we've talked about her before, Randy. Yeah. I don't think she's just a long-term SBL player. I think she's got a WNBL future too. Yeah, well, it'd be good for her to get into the um, you know development path with the links. I mean, there's a couple of positions there. Like I've said, it just depends on um, uni and her time, you know, that she can put into to getting better. And I'm sure if she's got the time and the you know Ryan and the links want her down there, I think mm. that's absolutely the way they should go. And just quickly, speaking of the WNBL, more more news this week. Somebody that very close to, to your heart. Good to see Carly Bogue earn another contract in the WNBL. Yeah, I'm so wrapped for her, you know. She had two knee reconstructions on the same knee and sort of went away to Finland to try and, you know, get back um, back into shape and just get her confidence back where she, um, you know, led that league in rebounding and um, she lobbed back in Tamworth with her family and um, has got the call up and that's where she belongs. She belongs in that competition. You know, she's an elite player and already a championship winner and I think uh, you know now there's Nat Burton there and Carly yeah. Bogue and they're starting to build a, a fairly strong squad. Have you found playing against both Christina and Carly Bogue over the years? Oh, they're tough. <laughs> <laughs> Especially last year Rockingham Christina was playing as the three you you would have been matched up yeah. on her directly yeah um and it's funny because like all my friends at work especially they think I'm quite tall and then they come to a game like, <laughs> <laughs> you're not really that tall yeah. um but no they're both fierce competitors 100%, yeah. yeah and there's other girls on and off the court which is yeah. all we can ask for as well Okay, Randy, we'll wrap that up, and when we come back, we'll dig more into the, the lives and the basketball journeys of, of our two co-hosts. Look forward to it. Okay, back here on SBL Shootaround, and really looking forward to this too. Digging deep into into the stories of both Des and Vince Kelly. They've both had remarkable basketball journeys, obviously, as a father and daughter, you're naturally linked. Before we talk to Vince about his amazing career, Des, by the time he'd finished playing, so he finished playing in 2002, you would have been seven. So I don't know if you saw him play too often, but how often has he made you watch some old game tapes? <laughs> <laughs> Um, look, I would have to say the grand final win has got a few red things <laughs> on the TV. Yep. Um, but no, nah, you know, honestly, um, I'm just grateful that they were recorded. So mm-hmm. I can see that in prime because there's not, not a lot of video footage. But yeah, that game I have watched a handful of times. 
Did you do a lot of your development playing against him in the in the, either the backyard or go down to the court? Was it? Did you do a lot playing against him or with him? Well, Dad actually didn't get me into basketball. Funny enough, mm. um, one of my primary school friends at the age of five said that I want to go down to Willerton and play the tankers, and I was okay. like, Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> yeah. um, and then kind of just fell in love with it from there. So I suppose that made it even more special that Dad could just see my development and love for the game just grow. So it was kind of all happened pretty organically. Do you remember how old you were when you started to realise that your dad was actually a pretty special basketball player? Oh. <laughs> um, I reckon it was probably around my first national tournament under 16s when... Was he coaching? No, he wasn't. Craig Mansfield was my coach. Okay. Um, but Craig had a lot of reference to my dad. Well, it actually wasn't his hints, it was Machine Gun Kelly. Yep, and yep. And I think that's when, <laughs> you know, I came to the realisation of what he had done for the league, which was, yeah, pretty remarkable. Mm. Before we get to what you did professionally, Vince, fascinated to talk about what was life like, first of all, growing up in Inglewood, California? It's, a, it's famous for its basketball, but what was life like growing up there before we get to the basketball side of it? Uh, life at Inglewood was pretty tough, but prior to going to Inglewood High School, I lived in South Central LA. And mm-hmm. I didn't really start playing organized basketball until I got to high school. I didn't play no pickup games, just mucking around on the playgrounds in the morning in primary school with an empty milk carton with rocks in it. <laughs> wow. And in the back of my mind, I've always said, when I get to high school, I'm going to play basketball because I was pretty tall for my age. But uh, like I said, I never really played any organized ball until year 10 in high school. And I tried out for varsity, got cut. Tried out for junior varsity, got cut. I didn't really know the rules of the game. I was just <laughs> big and physical. And and luckily, you know, some people took some interest in me and, and my work ethic. And, uh, and I started to learn how to play. And I found out quite quickly that I had a long way to go. Mm. So each summer I would dedicate myself to playing and Riding my bike everywhere to go play, like I would go play pickup ball wherever it was, just hop on my bike, cycle out to Venice Beach and play different courts all over the place. And uh, eventually, after my sophomore year, I made the varsity team and we were two games away from winning the the championship. And then my senior year, uh, I started to get recruited by many colleges throughout the U.S. and... uh, my senior year, we had a great team. Uh, uh, we had Ralph Jackson, who was a McDonald's All-American. Mm-hmm. Uh, went, got recruited and went to UCLA. Myself, uh, who went to Colorado. Jay Humphreys went to Colorado. Angelo Robinson went to the University of Utah. And another one of our starters, Jerry Bolden, went to a smaller college in Colorado. Mm-hmm. So we had caliber players on our team. and. Our games was always sold out, and you look up and you see people from the Lakers at our games, mm. referees from the NBA at our games, tons of college coaches, and and I was actually recruited by Alvin Gentry, who coaches at the Pelicans, yep. and uh, he was one of the reasons that I chose Colorado. What was it like to win the national championship in 1980? What was that whole experience like? That was that was very incredible. It was uh, the best feeling. Winning is something that you can't describe. You know. Uh, we were 29 and 0. We beat everybody that uh, faced us, and once you get that momentum of winning, it's hard to beat it. Mm. It becomes contagious, and everyone starts to believe in the concept of sacrificing and doing whatever it takes to win, no matter how tough the game may be. Yeah, the camaraderie amongst the players was something very special. Have you ever caught up with? Have you ever caught up as a team since then? 
in the it's forty years since. Have you been able to ever get together again since? Uh, the last time I went home, I caught up with Ralph Jackson, uh, Angelo, who lives in New Zealand. Hmm. Uh, we we speak all the time on Facebook, uh, phone call. Jay Humphreys, who was in China for a while coaching and stuff, and uh, now I think he's back in Denver doing some coaching. So I keep in touch with him. Leonard Brown, who was the sixth man off the bench, mm-hmm. keep in contact with him. He has two young players coming up, and I'm a, I'm a big skipper. I'm into skipping ropes, <laughs> yep, weighted yep. ropes at the moment, and I've, uh, I guess people get tired of seeing my videos and stuff, so, but uh, <laughs> it's all positive, and uh, he's got his kids in the skipping. He's even sent me videos of him skipping and stuff like that, so, so yeah, so, like I said, skipping is my, my passion at the moment. Well, tell us more about that. How have you been able to turn that into a, I guess, a job or a, or a, a business, and how can people find out more about it? Um, Social media. Yeah. (laughs) After playing basketball and and then having younger kids again, you get comfortable, and then with comfort comes, you put on the weight. And I was getting too heavy for my liking. And uh, I've always been into skipping throughout my SBL career. I've always used skipping as a warm up throughout high school. For fitness, so I've always been into skipping, but uh, someone told me about cross ropes, which is weighted ropes. Mm-hmm. So I figured it, you know, it's convenient. You know, you can do it in your backyard, you can take it anywhere. The kids can go to the park, and I can just skip. So opposed to driving to the gym, mm. time was uh, very important. And uh, skipping, I started off sticking with a ten-week uh, program, thirty minutes a day for ten weeks, and I was. But about 120 something kilos when I started, and with a waist of 40, uh, 41, 42 inches. And after a year, I dropped 20 kilos, and the waist went down to about a 34. And I'm wow. doing it for two and a half years now, pretty religiously, and I'm hooked on it. And I do a class on a on a Tuesday, on a Wednesday, and Friday at the University of Murdoch for staff and students. Okay. I uh, went into signed up to win a grant and I received the grant to uh, buy all the equipment to, oh, wow. to teach the classes. <laughs> I think it's the best and more efficient way to lose weight than mm. anything that I've ever done. Have you got involved, Des? Um, I have tried to get involved and look, I've definitely had my spurts of skipping religiously. I wouldn't say I've been as hooked up on it as my dad. Um, he's definitely an inspiration to a lot of people though. I can see it on social media mm-hmm. and see his friends from Australia to America sending him photos of them <laughs> with their ropes, yep. you know, commenting on his post saying, like, thanks to you, like, I've lost this many mm. kilos. So, like, it is really great to see. Um, look, he's told me probably since I can remember that he skipped before games. I haven't <laughs> actually brought my skipping rope out for a warm-up yet, though, but maybe 2021, you might see me on the base side with a, with a rope ready to go. Fantastic. And learn from the best, right? <laughs> for sure. Vince, just going back to the 1980 high school team, as you, as you started to build momentum and you had 18 wins in and then 20 wins in and 24 wins and getting closer to the to the to the finals did you feel any pressure or you were just you're just loving it uh lots of pressure because everyone was gunning for us and uh you know like yeah some great players anytime you face a team with you know ralph jackson he was the leader of the team and everyone knew inglewood through ralph jackson they used to call it the jackson box (laughs) (laughs) uh, so we're, we're definitely a marked team and everyone wanted to beat us 
uh, grand final was against uh, Long Beach State, and we won that in double overtime. Well, and it was a great game. I ended up getting MVP of the CIF finals. And, and that's when it all started. Yeah. As your college career went on at Colorado, when did you start to think that you'd be able to make a career out of basketball? Did you think the whole way through you could you'd be able to do it? To tell you the truth, I uh, I didn't think that far ahead. I just knew that I wanted to play. And you know, growing up, uh, my parents died when I was young, so it was a uh, it was a way to do something to uh, get some stability into my life. Mm. Mm. So from college, how did you end up coming out to Sydney? Who recruited you to originally go to the, the Bankstown Bruins? After, the, after college, I, I had a tryout with the Denver Nuggets, and then uh, that didn't go as well as I liked. And, and some players that was at the tryouts that was talking about Australia that they played over here. Mm-hmm. I loved it. And, and if you ever get a chance to get over there, you should. And uh, I, I met a guy who was at one of the tryouts, uh, Ben Tension. And he came over to Australia first, and then they were looking for another import. And he told them about me, and I said, "Why not?" I came over, and we played there mm. uh, for the Bank Time Bruins. Yeah, those three years you played at Sydney, and it, it ended up being the same club, but they changed names for the last two years to the West Sydney West Stars. You had three unbelievable seasons. You know, across the seventy-seven games all up, you put up twenty-eight point two points a game, eleven point five rebounds, and they ended up being your only three NBL seasons, which is to me it's, it's remarkable. Um, how did it? How did you only end up playing three NBL seasons when you were that dominant? Uh, I guess to make the competition even. <laughs> no. But after the uh, three years, it was the Sydney SuperSonics and uh, the Bankstown Bruins. After the eighty-seven season, the two teams merged and came over with the Sydney Kings. Yeah, yep. And I guess I was I was in line for one of the imports with Steve Carfino, and then uh, they decided to go with Mark Rizzin for whatever reason. Mm. And yeah, so very disappointed at that decision. I had enough of Australia at that time. Yeah. I went back to the U.S. and. I was going to be a police officer, actually. Okay, wow. I was in the academy. My brother was a, was a cop, and he talked me into going into the academy. What the fact that was. <laughs> 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 but that didn't that didn't last too long before I realized that this isn't for me, you know. Okay. And then uh, I had a chance to go to Portugal, so I jumped at it. I think they're still looking for me at the academy. <laughs> <laughs> Walked out, you know, all this military stuff. Sir, yes, sir. No, sir. <laughs> Did you brother stick with it uh yeah he he's not in it now but uh he spent over 20 years as wow. uh, a police officer at inglewood police department and done some things with swat and all all that kind of stuff mm. so, yeah but uh after a while he figured he had enough of that okay so. <clears throat> your coach in 1987 if you can remember back there actually was my favorite coach of all time his name was mike osborne so i had him as a uh, state coach in in south australia and mike um unfortunately he was the, well, he was the inaugural coach of the adelaide 36ers yep. and coached him in 82 83 and lost his job there and then mm. he's obviously missed out there when they've gone on to the sydney kings mm. but uh, just thought i'd make mention of of, of that and he's a uh, a fantastic guy Mike and I still keep in contact okay. with him now he was trying to find out a, a little bit about a few players for, yeah. for his club he's coaching over there hey Vince um, your time in Portugal can you tell us a little bit about, a little bit about the competition and the lifestyle and also the spectators I mean the European crowds are pretty full on yeah uh, my memories of that is like gladiator basketball <laughs> uh, it was an eye opener you know you land on the 
foreign slower where you don't speak the language where you didn't have that problem here in Australia mm. and just the lifestyle was totally different the basketball you walk into some arenas and it's fenced off like cage fighting <laughs> ring and uh, <laughs> concrete floors indoors yeah. it was it was tough they didn't call many fouls so <laughs> if you scored you earned it that's for damn sure <laughs> well, I enjoyed it I loved it I think it made me better as a player when I first went over there I went to replace a player who they say wasn't scoring Mm. But he was still on the team. So uh. that was like his second or third year. So uh, he was one of the favorite locals. Yep. <laughs> so I played for a team called Genazio. Yep. Mm. And uh, so everyone wanted to see who this new kid was. They come in to replace this player who they got to know and got to love. And so the pressure was on. Mm. But before I came out, I was ready for the pressure because I wanted the job. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to fight if you want to if you want to stay. And it's, it was pretty cutthroat. If you didn't perform, they send you home. So mm. after the first training session, they knew why they brought me there. I can imagine. When did you get the machine machine gun nickname? Who who gave it to you? And do you remember when you got it? Uh, I think when. I showed that I can score because in college, obviously, you play a role, mm-hmm. you know, and I was always a natural rebounder. I, I always averaged a double figure in rebounds pretty much wherever I played. Uh, and then, like I said, well, coming from Portugal, where they say you better shoot X mm-hmm. amount of threes, you don't shoot enough threes, you know, mm-hmm. you got to score. So the pressure was on. And I think after I came from Portugal and then I came back to Australia in 1990, I was, I was yeah, I earned that title. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like you said, you needed to get away from Australia for the, that couple of years. How did you end up coming back here, and, and how was it Perth that ended up being where you where you called home? Well, after leaving Portugal, I had an opportunity to go to uh, to Denmark to play, mm-hmm. Copenhagen, and I had an opportunity through Cal Bruton. He was over. He was in the States one summer, and we caught up, yep. and we were playing pickup ball and all that, and he was saying that... Uh, then he came back and to Australia, and then uh, his son, Elliot, was playing for Mandra, and he told them about me, and then uh, they contacted me, and I missed Australia by that time. Mm-hmm. I wanted to come back, I think. I wanted to come back and play in the NBL, because yeah. I was playing so well and so fit, and I think I had a, something to prove again. And, uh, yeah, so I talked to the club in Mandra, and they told me what they were trying to accomplish down there, and it sounded like a great opportunity to get back. To a place that I loved. During that whole decade that was to come, did you ever come close to the Wildcats signing you? Uh, funny you ask that. We did scrimmage the Wildcats mm. uh, when I was with Wanneru and I dropped 54 on them. <laughs> <laughs> and you think that that would be enough to make them say, we you would get this kid. But uh, <laughs> politics uh, mm. a big thing. Was it frustrating? Did you, for pretty much that whole 10 year period, did you think you were good enough to be playing in the NBL? Did you think you should have been? Oh, most definitely. I think uh, some of that I spent in LA after. Portugal, I bet UCLA was against Magic and Reggie Miller. And once you play against those type of elite players, yeah. my mindset when I came to Australia even for the first time was like, none of these guys can guard me if mm. I'm playing with those type of competitions. So, not that I didn't give them their respect, but it's just that I held myself, my work ethic, and my ability that, uh, and my confidence that, you know, you can't complain the best. What, what are they going to do? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> To, to me, it's amazing that you never got another chance. Do you still find it surprising that it, that you you never did? I think it's criminal. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that's the way it goes. Uh, maybe 
maybe my personality didn't fit with certain clubs or whatever, but uh, maybe there was rumors that Vince Kelly was a bit of a wild child. He might not fit in with your team, and he only wants to shoot the ball, but as you can see from my stats, I've done more than just shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. I was an all-around player. Absolutely. Yeah, Vince, just in the seasons that I'd played against you, which was, you know, I was probably six or seven years there, uh, it's sort of quite astounding that you've just picked up the one MVP in 1992. Your best season in 1990, 36.6 points, 12.3 rebounds, six assists, 2.8 steals, 1.5 blocks. Amazing. Was that the best season you think you had in the SPL? Oh, yeah, by far, I think. And that's not someone that just shoots, is it? No. 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 Uh, like I said, I came back to Australia pretty much the fittest that I've ever been because, you know, I think Portugal just gave me the mindset and they gave me the freedom to develop as a player that I was when I came back here in 1990. And that's my whole philosophy when I'm coaching players. you got to give them the freedom to believe in themselves. If you restrict them, they never know what they're capable of doing. And uh, it was great to have that freedom. And I I was surprised. I think they said that I was one game short of being eligible to win the MVP. Mm. I only played like, what, 25 games of football. Wow, okay. <laughs> you can't be selfish if you're a, a player coach either. And not only a player coach, but a championship winning player coach. What was that experience like at, at Wanneroo in 1993? Well, just to go back to that one. Yeah. Uh, in 1990. And I think because I only... I didn't play that one or two games extra. They didn't even classify me as leading the league in scoring that year. No, oh, really. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. <clears throat> but uh, winning the championship in uh, 93, it was tough. It was a tough year. There was a lot of pressure being player coach for the first time. A mm-hmm. uh, credit to Juan Rue for believing that I was capable of doing that. Uh, coaching is never easy, but when you're playing, and you're the type of player that I am that, you know, they say, well, he's, he's going to, sh- no one's going to shoot the ball because Vince is playing and <laughs> coaching. But uh, I try to lead by example and work and work hard. And, you know, it was like we only won 11, I think we finished the season 11 and 13 that year. So we wow. scraped in in seventh place. But there was a lot of turmoil between that and what we had tons of player meetings and everyone laid everything on the table and you had to uh, tell players what's expected of them, you know, to the point that I want you to take X amount of shots a game, you to take X amount of shots, I'll expect this amount of rebounds from you. And once everyone was told that, just turned up our defense during the preseason, we worked out hard, and we ran the beach. That was my thing in the mm-hmm. preseason. We go down to uh, College Low and run all the way to Scarborough and back. Mm. Well. And, uh, and then in the preseason, we worked on full-court press, run and jump. But during the season, we kind of went away from that. But it became desperate, so we had to go back to what we prepared for, and it worked. And everyone was having fun. Everyone knew their roles. You know, Craig Weston, he knew that anytime he got the ball in the corner, shoot it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to think about nothing else but shoot it. And I think that's what players are missing these days. They're not given defined roles. If you have a good shooter, give them the freedom to shoot the ball. So if you don't shoot enough, I'm taking you out. Mm-hmm. And that's what players want to hear. You know, they want to hear that you believe in them more than they believe in themselves. 
Vince, just in uh, another um, accomplishment was that uh, you made the 25-year anniversary team, which I think was, uh, we're going back a few years now, but um, that must have been a really proud moment for you and you've probably got a lot of teammates that were named in that side that you're friends with and and um, and you also feel like they should have been in that team as well. Your, your thoughts on that team? Uh, well... You know, Brian Funny's land, you know, it was, it was great playing with him. You know, I just call him John Stockton. <laughs> uh, very similar type of player. And uh, it was an honor to be selected to that. And there were some great players that were selected. You know, Jeff Anderson, uh, Alan Erickson, you know, all of those guys had great SBO careers. You know, mm. Jeff, he was here before I came. And, you know, he's been the man around the SBL in Australia basketball and he's done well for himself out here so mm-hmm. and some great coaches you know Gardner who's coach Perry Lakes yep. you know he's a legend within himself and it's always good to compete against him it was definitely great to, to beat them to <laughs> go forward to play Colburn for the grand final to me the the best thing about doing this show and the men show that I do as well is the people that I've been able to get to speak to and I've been we've, we've had Doc Earl on this show Randy and on the men show I've been able to speak to a lot of your your old opponents like like James Fitch Jeff Anderson CJ Jackson even Andrew Vlahov back in 1990 you spent some time playing, playing against him every one of them mentions that just how unstoppable you were. Who were some of the guys that you really enjoyed playing against? Obviously James Fitch. Uh, we had our battles. He would probably be the top of the list. Snoopy Graham. Yeah. He played uh, one year. He scored 82 yep. points in one game and got picked up in the NBA. We spoke about Jeff Anderson on last week's Men Show about that. He played in that game and he scored 46 points, but Snoopy still had 82 and he was trying to guard him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was a phenomenal player uh, and a great guy off the court. Uh, Dan Hunt. Mm. Always had great battles with him down in Geraldton, and I always look forward to going down there and try to try to beat them. Uh, Doc Earl, uh, yeah. Calhouli. So, and back then, you know, it was, it was a team in Albany, and they were always pretty tough. Mm. Had some good imports, so I always uh, enjoyed playing against those guys. But uh, yeah, the SBO is a great league, and it's great to see that it's still going on strong today. Speaking of James Fitch, just finally, Vince. When we spoke to him on the show earlier in the season, he said that there's no doubt he would break. Snoopy Graham and Dan Hunt's 82 point record and he would put up 100 point games if he was playing today and he was, <laughs> and he was in his prime how would you go? I don't think it would be fair <laughs> <laughs> if I played in this league in, in my prime uh, it's kind of a different game but there are some talented players that's playing in the SBL I enjoy watching the SBL men and women play uh, especially when it's a normal season yep. you know they have to their credit been able to get some quality imports to come over here and and yeah uh, I just think defensively it's a, it's a it's a different game. Uh, no one presses too much to point guards walk the ball up the court and stuff like that it's mm-hmm. no there's no grit you know people don't really get down and get dirty for the win mm-hmm. do what it takes to win Whereas back then, I think I think the basketball was a little bit more physical. Yep. And players played more to their role. Point guard was a point guard. Mm-hmm. Looked to distribute the ball and get people involved and stuff like that. And, and take the shot last type of player. I think now it's more of a if you're open shooter type of thing, which works fine with some teams. Yeah. I think uh, everyone should have a role to play and stick to their roles.
Earlier in the season as well, we had Dan and Liam Hunt together and, and Dan talked about how he was more emotional watching his son win a championship than he was when he won one himself. How do you compare winning a championship yourself to watching Des win one when she got to win it back in 2016? Uh, very emotional because it's always good to see my daughter play well and get out there and win and do what I tell her she's capable of doing from, from the time she started when she was five. Mm. She's always been an aggressive type of player and they don't hold back your abilities for no one and you coach for it. Just go out there and be who you are and then they have to either accept it or they don't. If your shot's there, take it because you're a shooter. Once you start holding back on your talent, that's when you mess up on everything else yep. because you, you know, you're not, they're not seeing the full you. So make sure you go out there and you know that, hey, I played my game. I didn't adjust my game for anyone. Either I can fit into their system or I can't. And yeah, it's very emotional watching her play and watching her win. What about you, Dez? We haven't forgotten about you, I promise. You played on, that was the team you won the championship with. You were with, you were still with Mel Marsh, Kate Malpass, Zoe Harper. They had all won multiple championships and yeah. they were so used to success at Bulletin. What was it like for you to then finally finally get your own your own championship and, and know what it felt like? Um, yeah, it was a very surreal feeling. I mean, especially in the SPL competition, we all play to win. Mm. I think if you start the season and you're just happy finishing fourth or yeah. sixth, not like for our reason. So now to be, Dad's always said, to be the last two teams standing and everyone watching you is just an amazing feeling. Um, I think though it'd be really special to win one now, like without yeah. the likes of Kate Malka, Mel Marsh, um, Ebony Antonio, yeah. do it on your own accord. Yep. And especially now, like myself, Emma, Taryn, we are a bit older, it would be really special to kind of feel as though we've led a team to that championship. Mm. I think especially being captain um, as well would be, yeah, an amazing achievement and moment. Yeah, it was a yeah. it was a remarkable period that they had gone through when you had just come through to start. Yeah. And do you, do you feel like you're now that link to that to that period because you're the, probably the only player left from from the from that sort of era? Yeah, I mean, myself, Zoe, um, and Emma are probably the last three standing that played with well, that actually yeah, that played um, a lot of minutes with yeah. that side um and Sophie Main. So yeah, it's it's a it's a wicked feeling. I suppose when I first started I was only what, eighteen, seventeen. Yeah. So to think now how much has changed in that amount of years to think, oh wow, like I'm mm. you know, like yeah. I didn't ever think when I started that I would be captain or anything like that. So mm. I guess it's just yeah, keep rolling with it. I mean it's a it's a great time. I wouldn't be mm. playing if I didn't love it. So there's beside besides your father Vince, who's been um the biggest influence in your basketball career? Um, Influence. I. It's weird to say. Like I don't watch a lot of basketball. Mm-hmm. Um. I never. The only basketball I really watched was Kobe Bryant. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, growing up, I mean, Dad was from LA, so it was like that bit of connection. Not a bad player to be no, watching anyway. No. That's no. Not. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I'm kind of hard. I feel like the main person would be my dad. Like, yeah. It's hard to step away. Mm. From that, I don't really have. I think with the, so yeah, yeah, with with different coaches, you take a little bit out of each yeah. each, each coach. Yeah. So yeah, you have. Yep. Yeah. Um, just through the years. Craig Mansfield definitely <laughs> taught me a few things. I mean, yep. he's a great guy now, but geez, there was a time when <laughs> <laughs> not like him. Yeah. He knows that, so that's yeah. fine. Um, we actually spoke the other week because he found an old state card that me and one of my teammates had written in saying thanks for everything. And I said to him, do you remember that time when you cried? And he was like, you must have done something wrong. And I was like, nah. Like, I remember it though. We were um, playing a scratch match at BWA and I think I shot three shots in a row and he, he benched me. Did he? Because I missed. And like, it was just... I, you would have made the fall. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I appreciate him a lot now. He kind of taught me a lot of resilience as I was getting older, especially I think my love for defence came 
from him, for sure. Yeah. So correct me if I'm wrong, was Craig your all-star coach last year when you took on the imports? Yeah, correct. That's right. Yeah, that <laughs> I was... I made those shots, Craig. <laughs> yeah, exactly, you did. So um, Desiree was the MVP of that game, and I took notice in that game because I think it was a great concept for yeah. you Australian girls and, yeah. and young Australian girls to get the opportunity to play against the import team. Yeah. And I think everyone probably thought game was going to go the other way. Oh, absolutely. But um, you girls went out there and done a fantastic job and yeah. didn't just win, but you won comfortably. How, how was that going for you? Yeah, that was. I actually had a goal that year. I started training with um, Jordan Gossip, and I remember he asked me at the start, what are your goals? Mm-hmm. And I was like, because the year before I missed out on the All-Star team, mm-hmm. and I said to him, I want to make the All-Star team, I want to get MVP. And he's like, all right, like, achievable. Yeah. And then I was quite nervous before the game because I feel like, you know, you get all excited but you get out there and you're like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> like, people have chosen you know, this selective group of players yeah. to play. Um, and like I thought you've done before, and I was like, this is fun, yeah. you know? And I think Craig brings out the best in a lot of players. Like, you just kind of let you do what you want to do and you have fun with it. And I think when you're having fun is when you kind of let loose and just game speaks for itself. So. Yeah, no, it was a great result. Yeah, it was. There's, there's something about the culture at Williton as well where, you know, Simon Parker's had a had a great run as a coach but I couldn't help I was at the Redbacks and Eagles game last week and have a look at the two coaches and it's Craig Allen and, and, and Blake Blake Shradev who have both oh, yeah. both been assistant coaches un, under Simon yeah. I mean there's something about Willerton that it just develops great basketball people and coaches mm, I think Willerton's one of the like, it's a very prestigious club mm. you know growing up everyone no one liked to play Willerton you know mm. they were that club that was cocky they were yep. confident like everyone you know <laughs> it was just a stigma <laughs> around the club yeah. but you know back then it, they wanted to win they didn't care mm. you know like for them it was just I suppose kind of like dad's era you know mm. you go out there to win you don't let anyone stop you no one can guard you and that was the mentality so I think especially now with I suppose that era of women phasing out like it's important to get back to that because mm. I feel like it's the same sense there's a lot of I suppose people don't not that people don't play to win but that grunt yep. isn't there that I'm going to dive on that loose ball yeah. or you know like obviously you'll play within your means you never want to hurt anyone hmm. but it's just that physicality that makes the game so much more exciting you know yeah. and you get you get a bit of like oomph about you win and you yeah. find that adrenaline and it's just yeah, it's just so much more enjoyable to play and I think people watch as well. Mm. Yeah, when we spoke to Mel Marsh going back two or three weeks ago now, yeah. the culture at Willerton, she spoke about that uh, basically installed into you as a young age and, and you always want to win. And yeah. um, you're that. She, she also said she might not mind being your next coach either. Yeah, she did. So, <laughs> yeah, there you go. She's got a female coach in there. Mm. Yeah. Women of power. No, it's definitely instilled with you. Um, Mm. in Willison and I yep. think that's another reason why I stayed for so long yeah. you know like I've spent my whole career at Willison so there's not a lot of people that can stay that stayed at one club so yeah I take pride in that but you never know if dad coaches someone yeah. <laughs> could be see the table turn a little bit but <laughs> <laughs> when you think of Willison Vince from your playing days is it Jeff Anderson that comes to mind is he, is he the one thing that you link most more than anything with Willison yeah for sure the longevity that he spent with that club most definitely uh, I'm surprised they don't have a statue of him mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell me what you th- what have you made of Desa's career? What's it like sitting courtside? She's played how many games now? She's played 158 games in the SBL now, and I'm sure you've seen at least 156 of them. What's it like being at the dad of a dad of a daughter who's a key player on the court? You know, what's it like sitting there watching? Ah, very proud of her. Very proud of her approach to the game, her attitude, and especially her defense. You know, she yep. takes great pride in stopping the offensive player, getting the steals, her quickness up there, uh, 
reflecting the ball, getting the steals, and just uh, game smartness, finding the open player, and a never give up, never die attitude. So mm. I'm proud of it. Is there anything you don't know about your dad's career that you might want to <laughs> find out now? Um. Oh, I don't know. Did you ever get into any fights? Oh, there we go. Any tussles? Any ejected? I don't think I got ejected, but in the grand final of the year that we won it, not the grand final, but leading up to the grand final, playing the Alpine, I think, uh, going for this ball. And yeah, I kind of like stepped on the player as I was. Yeah. <laughs> and possibly not accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's all in the... In the battle of the game, when you want to win and everything's on the line, and you don't really care about your opposition, you just want to win. And I feel they probably felt the same about me. They didn't really care much about me either. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. So, what um, what do you guys enjoy doing as a family? Like, do you have sort of a Sunday roast, or do you have movie nights and stuff like that? Um, no, we don't really, do we? We're... No, Desi at the point of her life, she's got a very busy social life. <laughs> uh, yeah. I like that. Dad also has a five-year-old, so you know, twenty-five-year-old doesn't really doesn't need that anymore. So, uh, but we we enjoy the times that we do catch up, and like I say, she's got two younger brothers, and she enjoys catching up with them. And even if it's just to the park, we may meet up or something like that, and watching them run wild. Or comes over, and they get her to play games and yep. shoot hoops in the backyard with her. Awesome. Have you ever been back to visit where Dad? Came from? Have you ever been back to his old stomping ground? Yeah, I have, um, but it was a very long time ago, mm. back in 2006. Okay. Actually, yeah. Yep. It was the first time that I went there to meet the family and see where Dad grew up, and it was pretty confronting, mm. to be honest. Um, I think I cried. You did. We were driving on the freeway and to a bad neighborhood, and yeah, she was scared. Locking <laughs> doors and everything. But, uh, it can be scary. Uh, obviously, if you go down the wrong street at the wrong time, it can be very confronting. When was the last time you went? Was that the last time you'd been back there too? No, well, two years ago. Okay. I went back. Have you ever had any of your, your brothers or any of your family members come out to visit you here? No, never. I don't think they ever would. They always say the plane ride is too long. <laughs> Is this home for good for you now though? Is this where you're going to stay? Yeah, this is where this is home for me. Yeah, that's what's definitely. What is it about it? What do you? It's uh, it's obviously so different from where you grew up. It's so different to Portugal, where you spent a couple of years, but you've now been here for thirty years. What is it? What is it about living here that you like? Uh, I like the the pace of the place. Mm-hmm. Coming from LA, where the pace is pretty crazy, the people are pretty crazy, and how you have to watch your back, and you know, people who approach you always more than likely uh, have an ulterior motive. Mm. why they approach you so I guess I can let my guys down here a lot more than I could there and and relax and enjoy life and it's a great place to raise kids Mm -hmm. watch them grow up without all the problems that they have to face in America what about away from basketball, Des? What What are you doing for a career now? I guess you're at an age now where you do have to start getting serious about about the rest of your life too. Absolutely. Um, well, I've been working full-time since I was 18, so it's always been hard for me because it's hard enough as it is when you work full-time to find extra time to shoot and go yep. to the gym. So I suppose I dealt with that battle of wanting to put in the extra hours, but as I said before, there's not enough time mm. sometimes. Um, but at the moment, I'm working full-time for a mining company, um, mm-hmm. Monodelphus. So those, they're long hours. They're probably from... 
7.30 till sometimes 6 o'clock and then yeah. go straight to training. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's full on um, planning a wedding in 2022. So okay. Exciting. <laughs> Growing up, um, <laughs> which is also expensive. That's <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, spare time, I hang out with my friends, my family. I try and stay as low key as I can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I get a lot of downtime. Sure. So, yeah, no, it's definitely a balance though between basketball and work. Does, the, does Dad approve of the, the marriage? <laughs> I hope so. He's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a great guy. Uh, very thoughtful guy. Uh, what you see is what you get type of guy. And uh, he treats her very well and makes her happy. Is it still tough to imagine your daughter getting married though? Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. But to me, she's always that little girl chasing me. <laughs> you know, but... Uh, yeah, she's always been a level-headed young young person and always made the right decisions. And I have no doubt that she made the right decision now. Fantastic. Um, yeah, I was, was going to say, Vince, you must be re- really proud of Desiree, the way that she's turned out. You've done a great job yourself, you know. Don't underestimate your job. I know what it's like being a father myself. And, uh, um, yeah, congratulations. And what's your favourite thing or the thing that you most admire about your father, Des? Um. He absolutely adores you and loves you. Yes. <laughs> um. Sorry. Right. Don't now, Randy. That's all right. Um, I think it would be knowing the past that my dad had. Um, growing up, losing mum at two, his dad at eight. I just think his resilience and his strength to persevere and make something of himself is just, yeah, just amazing. Um, and I'll be forever grateful that he's supported me my whole career and just kind of always believed to me no matter what. Um, even when I don't believe in myself. So, yeah, so it's just how he came out of his upbringing is just, yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, I mean he's made a he's made a hell of a life for himself. He's a hell of a role model for 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 for, for a lot of people. So I mean it's fantastic to hear that. And that to be honest, that was why we wanted to get you guys to come in to so you could talk about how much you mean to each other because I mean you can talk to people on the phone, you can talk to that, but there's just something about actually catching up in person and and uh, I mean it's it's fantastic to see how much they mean to each other. And you've talked about how much it meant for you and Casey to share that grand final experience together. You were driving in the car to a grand final together, and and uh, obviously it's a very different journey than what what they've been through, <laughs> yeah, but. Yeah. I mean, it's just a, there's something about a, a father-daughter relationship yeah, very, that's pretty special. <coughs> very special one. Thanks for sharing that, Des. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. No, that's fine, Des. One last one, Vince. Yeah. Did you ever remember backing down Randy? Did, if you if you saw him trying to guard you, would you take him down to the post and, and, and really, really take advantage of him? Yeah. Well, most of the time, if, even if I got it on the wing and it was a small guy, I would just back him. <laughs> and he would have to foul me or I would score. So, yeah. But Randy was always a tough defender and he always gave our guys a hard time bringing the ball up the court and running the offense. So that's what I remember about him. And, he would hit the open shot and penetrate and draw the foul and, and talk a little trash too, a little bit, you know. Well, and as, as we've heard, if you took him on at the nightclubs afterwards, he would finish, <laughs> he, he, he would finish the job too there. Oh, uh, was, you know, you got to look after yourself. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, I can remember a, a story with Vince. This is how good he was. We we forced him baseline. We forced him that far baseline that he was actually behind the backboard. And you've probably done it a few times, but I remember it to say Still made he, it. Yeah, he couldn't shoot right-handed because he was too far yep. behind the back for 
backboard, so he just changed hands. And he just made it left-handed? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'll never forget that. Okay. Thanks very much for that, guys, and thanks for opening up. And when we come back, we'll have a look at round three or round four now in the West Coast Classic, and we'll, we'll wrap things up here on SBL Shootaround. Okay, back here on SBL Shootaround, and round four now in the West Coast Classic this weekend, Randy, and you've got some making up to do. We're only three rounds in, and you're already five tips behind me now, tipping competition, and we've only got seven games this weekend, so you're going to have to start making a move sooner or later. Yeah, it's actually <coughs> Willerton that have been hurting me the most. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, yeah. Okay, let's start on Friday night. Here we go, Des. You can let us know what your plans are. At Belmont Oasis, the Perth Redbacks and the Willerton. And Tigers. Um, look, it's going to be a good game for sure, um, especially with Craig and Simon going up against each other. Yeah. I think that's a nice little battle. They both know each other's game plans, I would say. Um, I mean, you got Maddie Allen. So mm. This is, again, another big that we're going to have to try and contain, um, as well as Josh Jenkins. So there's a lot of key players on their side that will be our main focus. But yeah, like every game you go in positive, I believe. I always believe that we can win. Um, yeah. I never doubt that for a second. It's just we put it all together and can work as a team and play as good as I know we can play. So we've talked about, we've talked about Brooke Malone a bit. Your job is going to be to shut down a seventeen-year-old. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone comes to the point where you play with a big deal. Yeah. So yeah, I mean she's a great player and she's put up great numbers. But yeah, age doesn't really matter mm. to me. Really, everyone a key player that you've got to stop. I remember after we played manager. <laughs> Coach said to me, what are you beating up on young girls? <laughs> you know, the same in the big girls. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. I went through it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean. do, you, do you usually like playing out at Belmont? Um, no, not really. If you're going to be honest, but we've yeah. had a pretty good run with all home games. Yeah, you have. So yeah. far, except for one. So it's been nice to break in the new stadium. Um, But yeah, I mean, maybe playing away from home is what we need mm. right now. You get to see CJ Jackson afterwards too, Vince. Nice to see him coaching back in the league. Yeah, it is. It is. I think... Uh, He's coaching Tevin as well. He is, yeah. Yeah, I think it's a benefit for the league and he has a lot to offer. Uh, I normally only stay for the all-time Jersey game. And I go, yep. oh, it's too cold to be out well, to be honest, CJ's feeling it too. He by the end of a game, his knees are all cold. He, he can't even walk after a game at the no. moment. No, he's, he's struggling a little bit. Who are you tipping, Randy? Uh, I'm going to stick with Willerton. Um, yeah, I think. <laughs> I think the um, they'll get the better of the Redbacks guards. Yep. So if especially can, with Taryn Priestley back, she's a big, big. Yeah, back. I think I think that's where the the key the key uh, matchup is um, is the guards. I don't think we can tip against them with Des here, can we? So I'll, I'll no. go for Willerton too. Well, I like proving them wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll go. I'll go the Redbacks. All right. <laughs> um, this one's an interesting one. We got we got East Perth coming off a win against Coburn, who haven't won a game yet. They play at at Mirabuka. Yeah, um, I think East Perth will will be without Rosa Ring. I keep okay. mentioning her all the time, but she she's, got netball on Friday. Yeah, she has. Yep. She's the one girl that can really board. She's athletic, and mm-hmm. I just think it gives the, the East Perth team a little bit of a different dimension. Mm-hmm. So, uh, with that in mind, I'm going to tip Coburn in a very close game. What do you think, Des? Um, look, I love 
the underdogs. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Coburn for this one. Mm-hmm. Vince, I only watch Mike. <laughs> I'm not interested in other things. I don't know, maybe Wanneroo. Yep, not fair enough. Fair enough. I'll I'll go. For, we get to Wanneroo. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I'll go the Cougars as well. This one's a this one's a cracker. Two teams undefeated: Lakeside Lightning and Rockingham Flames. Yeah, I said I wouldn't tip against Lakeside until they lose. So um, even mm-hmm. though they're up against the so-called defending champions yep. of yeah. you know the SPL, so but they also they haven't lost as well. So it'll be a really good game. But I'll I'll take Lakeside. Yes. Um, I haven't seen much of Rockingham. Mm. Obviously, we haven't played them yet. But going off Lakeside's performance, they're a very well put together team. Um, and they play to each other's strengths and weaknesses. So yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Lakeside. Rockingham is one of your former teams. So do you do you go with the former team? I'll go with Rockingham. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then on Saturday, they're at home, so hopefully that helps a little bit. Southwest Slammers against Prairie Lakes Hawks. Uh, I'll go for the Hawks, um, just too experienced and too big. Des? Yeah, the Hawks. <clears throat> yeah, the Hawks as well um, for me. Mandra Magic, Randy, I assume you'll be there yep. against the Junilot Wolves. Big job. Ooh. Yeah, very tough for the girls. Depends, you know, who, who the girls um, put on the floor, but being impressed. Is this a game Casey Milo can <laughs> step out for? Casey's carrying a calf at the moment, so you won't see her um, but just some of the younger girls that Magic have put on the floor have been pretty pretty good mm. so I think they'll continue to go down the development path and you know I just uh, I think June will up a win and win comfortably yeah I think June will up and win um, but I think Commander will definitely give it a good shot mm-hmm. they're a pretty team and they they <laughs> they're, they're tough they're a tough team you know whenever you think of Magic you think of Brock you, you do yeah, absolutely. The Wolves going to go through undefeated in both competitions. Do you think, Vince? I think it's possible. I think it's possible. I think uh, they probably have have the most stacked team of, of the league for this season. Yep. Short season, so I don't see why not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Wolves for me as well. Now both these teams are backing up. Randy, Rockingham Flames hosting the East Perth Eagles. Yeah, Rockingham are back home. Um, so yeah, the Flames for me. Yeah. Yeah, I'd have to go with the Flames on that one as well. Yeah, Rockingham for me too. Last one, Calamunda Eastern Suns at home to Lakeside Lightning. Yeah, this will be a good game. It'll be close up at um, Calamunda on a Saturday night. Yep. No better place to be. Um, <laughs> be a bit cold up there, which will... <laughs> yeah, you got up that... Um, yeah, a little bit cold up there on, a, on that time of the evening. But uh, yeah, Lakeside Lightning, like I said, I'm not going to chip against them until they lose. Death. Calamunda the benefit of the doubt I reckon yeah. tough side just the Edwards on Elise Lightmonger I think would be a good matchup absolutely um, yeah <coughs> hope Suns can bring it to them mm-hmm. <laughs> very good I'll stick with Lakeside as well so there we go that round four in the West Coast Classic done Randy now of course we wouldn't be here if it wasn't thanks to Wandering Distillery and our player of the week we named earlier in the show and that was uh, Bree Fisher from the East Perth Eagles of course and Bassett Scarf Realty our number one fans here on SBL Shootaround they've been our supporters from the start so Vince if you ever do want to head back down the Mandra away. Bassett Scarf Realty are the ones you can check out. They'll find you a, a nice property down there and, and take care of you and you can take over as coach of... You can replace Aaron Traher as coach of the Magic. Why, why not? There you go. When I played in Mandra, I never came up to Perth for anything. Yeah. I was at home in Mandra, you know, I was right there on the beach and yeah, people are good people down there. Had a lot of friends down there. Good team. Yeah, some people yep. don't rate Mandra, but it's 20 times better now than it was when I was... <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, so like I said, he can replace Aaron Traher as coach and get a house down there and Des can go down and captain the women, the women's team and there we go, we're all sorted. Oh, Stephon Casey says that. <laughs> <laughs> so... 
<laughs> so once we, once all that happens, Bassett Scarf Realty are the ones that will look after you. BassettScarfRealty.com.au. It's been, been a hell of a lot of fun, Randy. When we came up with this idea to, to get Des and Vince together, it was a, a bit of a dream and I... I didn't know if you guys would say yes or if you'd be keen, but it's turned out turned out a lot of fun. Yeah, when you asked me who I'd like to interview at the start of, of the season, I mentioned Vince. Yep. And because we run a, a men's show and a, a women's show, obviously uh, the men's side of the you know podcast would probably dine off Vince, but they were too slow. <laughs> so, and it was just a great fit to have um, Desiree and Vince here together. I think mm. it's been really, really good and really special. So thank you very much once again, guys, for coming on board. Have you learned something new that you didn't know beforehand? coming in here Des yeah I had no idea that um, Dad tried out momentarily for the police force oh wow <laughs> <laughs> so yeah when he said that I was like oh okay yeah well I can't so, imagine you doing that but. yeah I couldn't imagine myself doing that you know these uh, cops that run the academy yelling at you <laughs> yes sir no sir uh, I was like bugger this that <laughs> Australia, here I come. Yeah. <laughs> no, thanks very much for coming in, Vince. And is, is it fun to get to look back at your career? I, I don't know if you get many opportunities to actually do this and reflect on everything that you did did achieve. It is fun. You know, sometimes my stats may pop up from on the Facebook, and I always got to repost it. But uh, it's, it's been pretty incredible to uh, believe that I didn't really start playing organized basketball until I was 13. Mm-hmm. Was a small window from year 10 to year 12 to get recruited to a Division One school and to have the skills, to learn the skills and the hard work ethic to uh, win the MVP of a CIF championship and to play on a team that's undefeated. It's, it's unbelievable. And uh, just to all you youngsters out there that aspiring to play basketball, two years to uh, to get the skills to a level where you can be recruited by tons of Division One schools. Mm. You know, you, you stick with one thing that you do well. Everyone isn't going to have the ability to score 20 points or 30 points, but, you know, it takes heart and desire to go in there and grab those rebounds. Yeah. Every team needs someone who's going to go in there and get those rebounds. So if, if you start with you can do well, whether it's defense, steals, rebounds, and then work on the other things that you don't do too well, you're going to get some court time and just believe in yourself and and dedicate yourself and work hard and good things will happen. Absolutely. You might not have all the skills that someone on your team may be better shooting and have more of an all-around game, but if you stick to one thing and perfect that, then you can go into something else and perfect that and something else and perfect that. And yeah, try to have fun. We all play the game because we love it and we and we have fun and it's an escape from all the stuff that's going on around you. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely, well said. Um, my whole time involved in basketball in WA, I've always heard about the legend that is Machine Gun Vince Kelly. So it's a great honour for me to actually get the chance to sit down here and talk to you. So thanks very much for coming in. And obviously, Des, I've been involved in the league now pretty much for your whole career. So I've seen your whole career, and it's great to get the chance to sit here and, and talk to you and learn more about you as well. So thanks very much for you both joining us. Thanks for having us. And now, as always, Randy, you're the man at all. Leave us with your very wise words. Yeah, just with the um, player of the week, the wandering distillery player of the week that's starting grab some momentum and it's a really good award to win. I'd sort of like to introduce the Player of the Year award which we can call the SBL Shootaround so um, we'll keep a tally up on 
social media of how everyone's going. We've been running a 3-2-1 voting system over the first two weeks and we'll add to that this week. But uh, if anyone's interested in being the naming rights, we need some support on this show and, you know, we could be the um, whatever it may be player of the year. So please think about it and, uh, you know, contact us on social media or ring us directly and uh, we can have an award for the girls at the end of the year for the player of the year. So thank you very much to Kelly's and uh, we look forward to next week's show.